0: kiss me fat boy 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 me
1: boy Warning: the following podcast contains explicit language and content and may not be appropriate for certain listeners, especially those that are younger or who may be easily triggered. This is a podcast, a fan's podcast, so we're not endorsed or affiliated with Mr. King or any of his entities that release his works on various platforms. And spoiler warning, we're going to talk about the world of Stephen King, which includes interconnecting universes and everything like that, so... Especially the title of this podcast, if you haven't read the book or watched the movie or the TV show that this podcast is named for, please do that first before you listen to it. You've been warned. Okay, so Serena here today, and I got Luciana with me. Say hi, Looch. Hello. And today we are going to discuss, we went ahead and watched the movie Kujo together. Uh, we rented it, I think, through Amazon, so... um we wanted to kind of first dive into this whole idea that Frank Dodd was a part of the story in the book, which he wasn't, none of that was brought up in the movie, of course, because it would have been way too confusing. But um, there's a fan theory that Frank Dodd's spirit took over Cujo's mind, and that that was actually Frank Dodd doing all the killings. But I don't, I understand the idea that if he'd been bit, he he definitely had rabies because at the end it says he had they you know they removed his head and tested it for rabies he had rabies and then the the mom that Donna who survived had to have rabies treatments so the so the dog had, was rabid and it had rabies so when a dog is has rabies, I don't know if it has the ability to plan and strategize. So maybe that's the implication because how Cujo was hiding and waiting and hunting, but there was never anything in the book that just said, all it kept saying was that the woman Cujo focused in on this woman and the woman's was, was the reason why his, why he was in pain. It kept, you know, that's what they kept saying over and over again. And it never explained it. Just Cujo just focused in on Donna. And so he hunted her. So of course, uh, I don't know enough about rabies, but I'm assuming they just go mad and just bite anything they come in contact with. So the idea of her being hunted and uh, held captive by Cujo is the only indication that maybe Frank Dodd was involved, but it was kind of a very weak implication because at the end of the, you know, the, the mine was open because of rabies possibly, and maybe a rabies rabid dog would never have much planning and strategic planning and stuff. But I don't know about that theory. I just it just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's there, and you know, it might be that's the supernatural element of the book is that Cujo had rabies but was still able to plan an attack, or it could have been Frank Dog, but there was never any explanation of why why Donna. Other than we haven't read that book yet. We hadn't read The Dead Zone yet, but other than, you know, he's known as the most dangerous person to ever live in Castle Rock. So, what do you think?
0: I'm the same way. I I found the book uh, confusing, talking about Frank Dodd. But if they would have said it in the movie, it would have been even worse, you know, as far as confusing. I mean, even in the book that gives you more detail and background, where you kind of get an idea, even if you haven't read Dead Zone. Uh, If they would have tried to introduce that into the movie, I think it would have just you know, left people wondering.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have to say the one thing about the movie that was good is that it didn't try to do all this backstory and yeah. all this stuff. It was just like with the serial. It was very linear. Yeah. It just jumped into it. Didn't and, go off into yeah. subplots or anything like that. Like yeah. I think it was books. only like 90, maybe 93 minutes and, and it was good. Um, it wasn't like my favorite of course, but it was way better. Like I, I didn't know how they were going to do it. And as a kid, I had seen clips of Cujo on TV, or maybe it was on, and I flipped through it, or somebody flipped through it, but I'd never had interest in watching this movie ever. And even to this day, after I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, this is definitely not my my thing." I just, I just didn't like seeing the dog like that. And uh, it's funny because later on, I'm I'm doing a podcast with my mom about the movie Cat's Eye. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. And in the very, very beginning of the movie, that cat, that's the cat through the whole movie, um, that ends up being named General by Drew Barrymore's character, is being chased. The very first scene is being chased by Cujo. Looks just like Cujo. Mm -hmm. Got the the bloody, weird, matted fur, got the gunky red eyes, all that makeup. That was the very beginning, and then the cat almost gets hit by a car, Christi- the, the Christine car, you know? Yeah. So it's just really funny because it was just kind of like a nod to the different things. But, you know, Cujo is basically kind of becoming, even though the na- the movie and the book are not so much talked about, the term Cujo for, everybody knows it at a certain age, maybe kids don't know, but we all use that to mean a rabid dog now.
0: Yeah, no, or anytime we see a dog that's kind of violent. Yeah. Like, oh who joke? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, a, it's become a name that's uh, synonymous with, yeah. you know, crazy dog.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So they did things a little bit different with the storyline. Um, they started out with, uh, you know, basically jumped right into it where the little um, little boy was scared. Um, the little boy's played by, a, what was that kid's name? Danny?
0: Kid from Who's the Boss?
1: Yeah, Kid from Who's the Boss. I think it's how you say this is Danny Pitaro was Tad. D. Wallace was Donna Trenton. Daniel Hugh Kelly was Vic Trenton, which I never seen him anything else. Um, Christopher Stone was Steve Kemp. And then, um, that's pretty much the main people. They had the and oh, Billy Jacoby was Brett Camber and he um he was in Golden he was in Golden Girls. That just gave me such such a, made me laugh so hard because um, I'm pretty sure he was in Golden Girls, as always. Golden Girls um, as David, so the the main, the grandson that was bad that um, I think it was Janet's Bernadette's grandson through Janet. <laughs> so there's my Golden Girls reference, and I thought I recognize that kid, and he was really young. He lo- he barely looked like himself. So anyway. Um, so it starts out basically where uh, there's indications the car, um, the dad, uh, Vic, takes um, goes by the mechanic, and he's like, hey, I need my car made fixed, something on my car. And the guy's like, man, I got like all these jobs ahead of you. It's going to be days or weeks or whatever. Um, but you know you can go to O'Camper's to, uh, o, o place, and he'll help you out. He, he gives you an honest... Uh, he doesn't overcharge you, and if he says it's gonna be twenty dollars, it's twenty dollars, and he he might be able to see you sooner. So he goes out there with his head of some with him, and he goes out there and they see Cujo. I think the wife was there too. Yeah, the wife was with them too. They go out and they see Cujo, and the mom immediately is like scared, it's like oh, and and protective, but um, that's when the other little boy comes out. Brett comes out and says, Oh, he's okay, sweet. I think he didn't. He wasn't he that said that because in the book he did. And so, you know, they're just like talking everything. Well, and then Ted starts putting them. yeah. And then Ted's like, Okay, he's sweet. Well, Donna is wandering around and she finds runs into um, Mrs. Camber and she looks kind of homely, yeah. She definitely had that look of a beaten down country woman but i felt like that's not how i picture her but i felt like it was a good representation can
0: we uh, stop there on that that it was like no character we we pictured from the book looked like they did in the movie no,
1: exactly. it seemed like the
0: casting director for the did not worry. read the book or something yeah, cuz nobody looked like i thought they should have Yeah. i mean steve Kemp was supposed to be a hunk and yeah, he we wasn't. thought neither one of us thought he was better looking than the husband no. if that, you know and then you know, he had a beard, which is fine. I mean, there's good-looking bearded men, but he didn't seem that good-looking, you know, to be the hunk.
1: Exactly. He was not the local heartthrob, that womanizer that everybody gets a piece of.
0: Also, also from the book and the movie, I read the, the review, and the review says it's her ex-boyfriend from high school. Now I didn't hear or see
1: that in the no, book. No, that's not. How in do they the book. make that reference? I don't. I don't it's see. not. She just had an affair with him because he was the local. He was the local tennis local star. And, yeah, everybody. Got and a it's piece supposed. Of that. To, and then
0: again, he's the local. You know, supposed to be ten, tennis star.
1: Yeah. But the
0: husband beats him. Yeah,
1: they're, they're <laughs> yeah they're playing tennis. They make it seem like so different. Like he just is, happens to be around. He's a family friend instead of what he is, which is um, the local. Uh, squeeze that all the women get a bite of he all, and he has like five different jobs he's a poet he's a he refinishes his furniture and he's a tennis instructor <laughs> and he's so ugly y'all i'm not trying to be it's just not attractive I don't wrong. Think he's ugly but i, I thought think he he's, was ugly as a woman uh, you know if it wasn't a heartthrob vic on the other hand was running, I mean, running around without a shirt on right i wouldn't cheat on my all, husband
0: over you know exactly you know i'm saying if you're gonna cheat on your husband Find someone a little better looking. Well, you
1: know that the, when women cheat, it's never for looks. Oh, that's a, yeah. Most people don't cheat for looks. They cheat for other reasons. But, I mean, sometimes it is for looks. But in this case, it definitely wasn't for looks. Yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, there's, like, all this kind of, like, quickly, these things are happening. So, they see, you know, they made the connection with, you know, the, the Camber family. Then she... Um, then Donna has their confrontation with Steve where she's like, It's over. I was just having well they they were sleep together one more time. She's like, I'm just having you know, I'm done with it and everything. And uh he gets mad and, and the dad Vic draws by and sees them fighting and I think that might have been in the book, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. But he comes back and they're gone. And then uh basically instead of getting the letter, he comes in and try um so, this is a trigger warning real quick. So, essay warning, okay? So, um, Steve comes in and almost tries to rape her, which is crazy because her son's upstairs, upstairs taking a nap. Right, right. And then within right. a few, th- and then she fights him off and they the milk or whatever knocks on the floor and the pitcher breaks. And then immediately, like, Vic comes in. So, it's like, yeah, he would have caught him. <laughs> right. You know, it was just so stupid. So, because she rejected him and she told him it was over. And so, um, and he had brought back like a table or something. And when, when Vic comes in, he kind of looks like something I knew. Cause he had saw them talking on the street, fighting, physically fighting. Mm-hmm. She was pushing him off her. And, um, so he just, when he finally leaves, she, he just asks them like, yeah. And she's like, yes. He said yes or no. And she says, yes. And then she's like, but it's over now. And that was it. It was kind of like, he gets up, ready, he's upset. He's leaving to go on his business trip. He doesn't go into the deep stuff about the cereal and the controversy with the dime making it like blood's coming out, mm-hmm. all that. It's just kind of like, okay, he's got to go to uh, work on a um, emergency campaign. You know, something's, it's, it's still in the story, but they don't explain what it is in depth. And so he's leaving and she's chasing him down the driveway, wait, wait, or whatever. And, um, he's just like, he's just kind of like, no, I don't know if I'm ready or not. Right. Well, then, then he's gone. And that's when, of course the whole, and then they do show that the child sees something in the closet, but they never talk about Frank Dodd. They just talk about, you know, there's nothing in the closet. Don't worry about it. But then they keep noticing that things are moved around and they were talking about it and whatnot, but they just are not sure that had happened earlier before this big leaving scene. Cause he's leaving to go on his business trip right after he finds out she's having an affair so they didn't um do too much and then it shows into where the campers go out of town and you know she's like okay we won the lottery and he's all happy it was changed up a little bit but nothing that really hurt the integrity of the story and then um cujo it shows where cujo goes sticks his nose in a cave, just just he was chasing a rabbit, sticks his head in the cave that's just a little bit bigger than his head, gets scratched or bit by a like a bat, and he pulls out, and he's like, oh, you know? And then that's when he starts kind of getting sick, and that happened right before they were about to leave, and Brett notices he's not acting right because he didn't recognize him, just like in, the, in that misty, foggy, right. gray morning, which that fog was so main. I just want you to know that it gets so <laughs> foggy there. It's kind of like this gray, almost like, you know, it, it reminds me of like the stories of old old London with all that pollution. And they were like, you know, it's like pea soup or something. It's just, it's really foggy and it's got a, it's gray. It's really kind of a dark gray color sometimes. It's weird. And so in the mist and all that stuff, he had that confrontation where Cujo didn't seem like he knew him for a second, but then he woke up and realized it was him. And didn't attack him. And then he tells his mom, you know, we're ready to leave. But I'm worried about Cujo. And she's like, don't say anything. Just kind of like the same in the book. She doesn't go deeply into the introspection because it's all, you can't hear what they're thinking. You're just hearing what they're saying. And then um, they leave. And his friend, um, Mr. Camber, is going to leave with his friend. And that's when all the stuff starts happening. So... Uh, could, it happens very quickly, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the the pace of the movie.
1: Yeah, it just you, There was no
0: it. really lulls. It, it, yeah. to, it was pretty much action-filled from, uh, yeah. from start to, to end. That's what made it, you know, for for me, it makes it bearable. Because yeah. it's, I mean, the story, and it's, it's a good story, you know. But production value, I mean, like I said, it's not a Spielberg movie or anything. Yeah. So it's not a great movie. Well, it was dated, too. Right. But it's... Uh, but it's something you can watch, you know. What I'm saying but yeah. it's not a, you know, it's not something you got to get through. Like for me, Tommy Knockers oh, you had to just kind of get through that movie. <laughs> that was rough. It was more, you know, uh, for me again, the music was unbearable for me. The, the yeah. score, where Cujo uh, wasn't that bad, the, the, the music wasn't bad in that. Yeah. Uh, and 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 in uh, whatever it was, scary parts. The music was scary, you know. Yeah. So it was, you know, it actually felt, you know, fit the bill, but. Uh, Anyhow, the first uh, the first killing uh, was the uh, the neighbor yeah. guy, and uh, we we had some inter- there was some interesting dialogue there between him and the dog um, because I mean, first of all, the dog attacks him and is just you know about to rip his throat out, almost killed him, and when he gets away from the dog, then he why taunt the dog? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't understand why like come on, come on and get me! I'm like. You know, th- he just got you. Get he yeah, yeah. away! Like,
1: <laughs> I know he's challenging them, but again, with it being a rabid dog, this is the only way I can see a Frank Dodd conclusion. And if anybody can explain this to us, um, the email is um, I think it's Kiss Me Fat Boy Podcast sk at gmail If anybody or find us on TikTok. If anybody can explain like, in better detail about the Frank Dodd connection on Kujar, I'd really welcome that. Because the only thing I can see is that when that guy was taunting him, I just don't think a rabid dog would carry the way. It's just it's yeah. just going to keep attacking, attacking, attacking. Right. It's all instinct. But it's, it's beyond instinct because it doesn't even care about per- protecting itself. No. It's just attacking, attacking, attacking. So the fact that he kind of... Was hiding and planning and getting people. That that's the only Frank Dodd I can see.
0: Well, the other thing too, I don't know the story with Frank Dodd. He was a serial no. killer. Yeah. But did he have a specific, uh, you know, a person that he would kill? Women. Uh, I don't know. You know in the, the only
1: thing I saw was that he was just his goal was to be a big. <coughs> uh oh. <laughs> Y'all, we're not to to call now what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Got a little choke there, but um, the only thing I saw was uh, that his goal was just to kill as many people as possible. I don't know if he had a, a, a type, and I know that usually serial killers have a type or a thing, so usually there's more to being a serial killer, because there's like a mass killer and a serial killer. serial killer fits a profile of certain things, certain elements, and then there's mass killers, you know, that just kill randomly. I don't, I don't know what Frank Dodd is yet, but we're definitely going to read that book and watch the movie. Um, but you know, I just didn't know. I, of course, like with Stephen King, everything's connected. So how would we know that we needed to know this ahead of time? Um, maybe at the end of this podcast, when I decide to retire it, I can make a list of how, what order to read these books in for you guys. But at this point, um, I just, it's just, you kind I'm just finding it out along with you guys. But anyway, yeah, I think that's the only Frank Dodd I can see is that he just wanted to cause chaos and kill people, so he might not even fit the definition of a serial killer as we understand now. But you know, people don't understand things. Like, now we know more things. So, when this was written in the late 70s, for example, when Tad started having a seizure, his mom, Donna, stuck her finger in his mouth to keep him from swallowing. Is tongue any bitter finger? You don't swallow your tongue. You bite down on your tongue, possibly. But that swallowing your tongue is a is a I old wives' tale. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's an old wives' tale. It might look like they're choking to death on their tongue, but what it is is the noises they're making is the air, like they're going in and out, like they're tightening up because their muscles are tensing in their neck, not that they're really choking. Um, anyway, so... I guess it's possible that Frank Dodd was part of this, but who knows? But like you said, he was taunting him, and why would a rabid dog care about a challenge? And then then when he killed Mr. Camber, he hid in the cellar. But I don't even think. Yeah, they did that. He came out of that door, didn't he? So he hid in the cellar. He didn't go through all the trouble of closing the, the windows and all the stuff like he did in the book. In the movie, he was just like goes in there, looks around. He doesn't know exactly what's going on. Does he know it's Cujo? He never said anything. He just said something's ha- he just knew something's happening. Right. He went into the kitchen. He shut the door to the kitchen, and he gets the phone out, and he's looking through the directory for um, the yeah, num but- for the police, I suppose. And that goes. And it's just funny because it's like, but you know, that's something else that's dated because you know, I'm not sure when nine one one started, but you would think everybody would know the. Um, yeah. The number for their local police department.
0: Well, maybe in 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 the seventies, some maybe smaller towns didn't have nine one one service.
1: Yeah, but still, they had to
0: actually call a number. But everybody usually police. knows it
1: because usually it's something like <clears throat> one two three one one two two something like. They usually get the most memorable number, but of course he might have just been panicking. I don't know. He didn't seem real scared. He just seemed like he was okay. I, I'm being cautious. He looks around, he gets the phone, and then boom, Cujo. So the other stuff that was more of a build-up in the book about it, it didn't happen, but that's fine. It kept, like I said, what made the movie tolerable for me because I don't like scary animals in general. That's something that I don't like people hurting animals. I don't like to, so, you know, the, in the end, the animal is hurt. because. So I don't like any of that kind of stuff. So it, that's the only way I got through it was that it was moving quickly, you know. And so he so he kills uh, Mr. Camber, and then he goes back to his house, and that's when Donna and Tad show up with, to the Pinto. And at that point, um, she hadn't talked to her husband in a few days because they were fired. You know, he was mad at her. So she just went on to get her Pinto fixed like he had told her to do before, and it cuts out like it did in the book. It cuts out, and then it starts back up and gets right in front of the house. She gets out. And she sees the dog, and she and the dog starts charging her, and she runs, gets in the car, and then the dog bashes up against the wind, the doors, and kind of makes them almost impossible to open. But I would just say, aren't those cars were like tanks back then? They use real metal, like we have these pl- fiberglass cars now. <clears throat> but do you think that a dog could really?
0: Well, Pennell was a small car. I'm not. Yeah, but sure it's still
1: made of that metal though. They didn't use fiberglass back then. Yeah. Everything was, like, really, really strong. You know, that's why it was harder to die in a car wreck back then because all the cars were metal, and it was like they were very – I don't know. I'm just saying. I just thought that was a little weird, but whatever. Unless they made them of aluminum or something instead of steel or whatever. I don't know. When I was a kid, I –
0: I uh, playing football in the street, and the streets were iced up, and I remember catching the ball and, and uh, sliding – Head first into the side of an uh, Ford LTD, which is built like a tank. Uh, this was probably a '79 LTD or something yeah. like that. Same, same. And I crushed the side of this thing. You did. My head and shoulder hit it, and I was only probably 12 or 13 years old.
1: How much and do you weigh? I probably weighed probably 150 pounds, though. That's about what that dog, right? The yeah. dog's
0: 250. Yeah, and I and I, it was. Completely crushed in. So
1: I guess it is possible then. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's just
0: the way it's the way it's uh, situated too. It's not like yeah, it's a physics it's not, thing. It's not a thick thing, and plus, there's not like beams in it in the door. It's like a you know a surface that's this wide. It's easy to to really dent if it if the steel's only like that thick. Yeah. Just because it's so wide, and then you know force. I don't know the physics of it, I'm thinking it's a lot easier. Let's say for instance, if it was a piece that was that big, you can't dent it. Yeah. But when it's a piece that's that big, just the physics of it, you can
1: Yeah, kinda like move. you can drop a glass on the floor and it not break and you're thinking, Wow, and then you barely drop it like one inch on the table and right. it shatters it like a phys- of, yeah, the angle of, where of physics, it, it, where yeah. Hit, yeah, where it hits. That's that's true, I guess. I just thought that was strange. But that's that's if you can knock a big Ford tank, then, I guess (laughs) it is. I'm not, like, an expert at that kind of stuff, so I'm just wondering. But, yeah, so they start the whole process of being stuck in this car for, what was it, three days? And um, the movie is (coughs) different than the book because Tad lives in the end, which I'm kind of glad because I was like, I can't deal with this. But... Basically, she goes through the same thing where she's trying to get in and out, in and out, and she can't do it. And uh, you know, the dog is going crazy because they have because she gets her son to pee through with the open door, and then he does have a seizure, and she puts him down. And this kid was such a good actor. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, he was so yeah, convincing. He, was scary, he, he was looked scared. rough. Yeah. He, he looked like a little skeleton. They did his makeup so good. He looked rough, didn't he? Yeah. He yeah. didn't even look real. I wonder if there was Porsches, they used a doll because he looked really weird.
0: I'm surprised he didn't grow up to be a great actor. Uh, you know, who knows what happened, but, you know, you would I think.
1: think he, I think he just, he was a child actor, and I think he just kind of found his own way, different, I don't think yeah. he wanted to go further, but he's a good actor. Um, I don't know a lot about him now, except that I'm pretty sure he is not acting. If he is, he's doing independent stuff or he's behind the camera. But he's not like anything anymore that we see. Um, anyway, so after days of going through this, finally the cop shows up um, because that's, and while they're going through, Steve does show up at the house and he trashes the house. And uh, it, he doesn't uh, jerk off on the bedspread, but he trashes the bed. I guess it was, the whole thing was made of feather mattress, feather pillows, and there was just, everything was trashed. So when the, um, Vic keeps worrying. because, like, I hadn't heard from her in two days. He's starting to worry. Worries, and they're kind of like, you should have already gone, you know? So he leaves and goes home and he uh, finds the house trash. And then that's when they start wondering. And so they send a car out to the camp, the Cambers, And that's when, um, that cop gets killed and, sh- and he doesn't shoot. And it's really so Okay. The cop could killed was really stupid. Okay. First of all, in the in the book, it was just like he was next to the car, shooting at him, and he wakened him in the fight. In the movie, they run into the barn, and the and the police, this, the the deputies, like doing acrobats, hanging from the pole, like a beam inside of this old barn, like some kind of acrobat, and he's like, "Come here, here!" I mean, they're all just like. You know, it's just stupid. But then he gets him anyway because the, what is the, does the beam break or does he fall?
0: Uh, both, I think. Yeah. yeah you know. And then
1: he gets them. And it's just like so stupid. Like, what is wrong with these men? They're like, break it on. It's All like, right. what? And he never shot him. He never shot him.
0: Yeah, he was reaching for the gun. Yeah, he was
1: reaching for the gun and I think it fell down. And then later, um, Donna ends up grabbing the gun. But what happens is that he ends up getting killed and he drops the gun next to the car. And then finally, she's just fed up when she when her son starts having seizures, and she's like, I can't take this no more. And she had seen the bat earlier. So she um, goes out there and beats the dog with the bat.
0: Why Why not go after the gun? Well,
1: we remember, she does have it. We didn't realize that until later. Remember the very end?
0: I remember what she did at the very end, yeah. She killed him with the gun, but I mean...
1: We don't so she, know when she got it. It doesn't show when she got it.
0: Oh really? Okay. I thought she was beating him with the bat first. Yeah, I think
1: she bit him with the and bat, then, and then picked up the gun.
0: But I'm saying, why not? Why go after the bat? Why not go after the gun? I think the gun
1: was further away.
0: Further
1: okay. Uh, anyway, she grabs the bat. She beats the Cujo to death, supposedly. And the Cujo, well, actually,
0: Cujo doesn't Cujo land on the broken bat. She breaks the bat. Oh, yeah,
1: that's right. She charges him. The brat breaks. She charges him, and he gets impaled. Right, with the the broken house. Yeah, kind of like the classic, um, being attacked by a vampire, werewolf, or whatever (laughs) monster, and and maybe they jump on you. But you have the stake. (laughs) You have the stake, like in like in Lost Boys, he jumped on him, he had the stake on him. But anyway, so um, yeah, that's right. So. They and, go, but when he
0: cheated that he wasn't dead yet. Still,
1: well, yeah, but she didn't know that, yeah. so she goes and gets her son, and she thinks he's dead, and she's freaking out. She grabs him, and she takes him inside the house, she has grabbed the gun, and she's putting water. She's, she's, like, trying to cool she's trying to cool them off. She's trying to cool him off, but she's just like putting water in her hands and dripping yeah. it over him. Why
0: like, not just put him in the sink?
1: Or, well, or grab mean, a glass and pour glass over him? I mean, it's just like yeah. her little hands. It was just so <laughs> stupid. Oh, Wake up, Tad. And then I think she starts doing CPR on him, which she did in the book. And uh, he actually wakes up. But then Kudra comes in there and she shoots him. <laughs> and then that's the end. Basically, I mean, they come and I guess they come and rescue her. Well, the husband shows yeah, up. Yeah, he shows up, but it's all over. Like, make sure help, that's which is we- actually what happened in the book. It thanks was a weird ending,
0: though. It Isn't was that kind of just like they don't really, you know. I mean, it just it just seemed like it was cut short. The ending, you know, they didn't. There's no details and no. know. just like there's the end. Yeah, the I mean, shows up. I guess that's an ending. I mean,
1: now she did. Now she did get bit. um... In in the book and in the movie, and um, everything, but they don't really go into anything else. It's kind of like, okay, Dad, bye. We're family again. I'm so sorry. You know, and I get it that tragedy will bring you back to each other, but I guess he forgives her for her affair. Now,
0: well, you know, in the, in the book, it, it seemed like Steve and uh, Vic didn't know each other. Other than the working relationship,
1: yeah, there was no, but there it, was no relationship. But
0: in the movie, they were it made hanging it seem out. Like they were friends.
1: Yeah, it made it seem like. And you said that in the you had looked up that it said he was his, the old boyfriend. Yeah,
0: supposedly the high school boyfriend, of, and but
1: you know there's that no doesn't indication make any sense. They, you well, know well, why? The book.
0: Well, the reason why it doesn't make any sense is because in the book they moved to that small town. That's right. From another they weren't state. They were from that small town.
1: Exactly.
0: But in the movie they start off there and they never they never indicate that they moved from yeah. New York or from wherever they moved
1: oh, from. Oh, and they had a beautiful house and you can right. see the beautiful ocean. <laughs> and I'm just telling you that's inaccurate. There's, like waves and stuff. It's like a real beautiful waves like soft waves. There's no there's no waves like that in Maine. No. It's, <laughs> it's just real still waters, you know, not around Well, um,
0: maybe was that the coast though?
1: Yeah, I was on the coast when I was there. No,
0: but I'm saying, was that the coast? Yeah, it was main? supposed
1: to be the coast. Yeah, they're over there. You know, well, I would all that. imagine there's
0: waves if it's the ocean.
1: I know, but it's still, it's like I don't know how to explain. I don't know exactly. It's just not. I don't know. It was like that when I was when I was in the Cayman Islands. It's just still waters. Oh. Now, if there's a hurricane or something blowing through, it's going to be. But this is a beautiful day in that backdrop. Well, I always thought there was waves no matter where. No, as far as if it's an ocean, I don't not know a why. Lake. I don't know why. But it's really still waters, and there's no tide.
0: Mm-mm.
1: As far as I know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was. It looked a lot like the lake. You know, there's these small little waves. Right. And that's it. Well, I'm
0: saying lakes. Yeah, lakes are generally still, but uh, the, the ocean. I always thought was. I always did too until I went until watering.
1: I saw I was up in, up in Maine and I was like, we're on the ocean. Where's the waves? Well, Where's you the sure noise? Sure, you in the
0: bay, like you know, it's ocean water, but it's in a bay. So the water's not around? I don't moving know, around? but I was in the... Because it's surrounded by... I was on camp. an
1: island in the middle of the ocean, in Cayman Islands, and...
0: Oh, it was like that, too? It was like that, too. Oh, okay. And there
1: was, I was like, there's no yeah, sound. Guess. That doesn't make... That's it feels weird. less yeah, beachy, because there's not, not, not the sound.
0: That Corona beer commercial sound yeah. in the background.
1: <laughs> yeah, I prefer the Gulf, um, the Gulf of Mexico, because I have the best air sound of the ocean, and the wind, and the waves. I love that sound. Yeah. But anyway... And the gunshots in the background.
0: There's no Car- cartels taking over. No, <laughs> no, not there.
1: No, not 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 where I go. Um. Anyway, so, but yeah, I mean, the movie's just kind of like okay. And uh, Steve, the my takeaway is that um, Steve, the character of Steve was the biggest letdown because he was so so not what we pictured. We were laughing about how he wasn't even what we pictured. But overall, I guess. In my in my opinion, if you're a diehard Stephen King fan. You should read the book and watch the movie. Um, the movie gives you satisfaction in the way that the child does live. So you got that better. Um, you know, if you got really pissed off, you could see the alternate version of it. And then also the book is good because it gives that Frank Dodd background and it gives some background into what happened when you list, when you watch Need. When you read needful things, you kind of get an idea of that that background, and it's just part of the castle rock no. history. Also,
0: you you learn about the uh, the sheriff's deputy or the sheriff.
1: Yeah, what happens was, to him?
0: Was his uh, was his partner? Yeah. Too, and in the in the movie, there's no even mention of it. In yeah. fact, that character is that his only? I don't was that his only role, or was he at the house too? He was wasn't he at the house too to see what uh, Steve Kemp had done? Was um, it? Was he one of the... Sh- I
1: think he was. There was a couple of them, though. Because remember the um, one guy, we like, where's he from? He was like the in charge. And then they sent the deputy out. So I was like... But he wasn't even dressed like... He's kind of dressed like a detective wearing a suit, which was weird. You know that older guy? we like, where's he from? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. He was Barney Miller's inspector.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I was like... There was the inspector there, too. <laughs> and I was like... What is does he do? And he's like, oh, you know how these things are. You know, he's just like putting them <laughs> down. And honestly, I've seen people who get that kind of treatment from police officers. I don't know if they do that anymore. But, you know, who knows? people, they're trying to keep you calm. They're not trying to put you down. But, you know, they don't want you to overreact. So I guess that's what they're going for. But, you know, it comes across really condescending when actors do it. Because yeah. it was, oh, you know. But anyway... I guess I would recommend that um, if you're really into Stephen King that you should do this. If you're just casually into Stephen King, uh, this is a kind of a really weird out there movie and I'm not really into it. I'm not a fan of the book or the movie. I felt the book was well written and I enjoyed the in, like having the inner dialogue of the dog and it made me have more compassion for Cujo than just seeing him as this rabid, horrible, rabid dog that's killed a bunch of people. So the book to me is better than the movie. What would you say?
0: Yeah, book book is definitely better than the movie. But the movie itself, like, you know, um, when it first came out, it did not have very good reviews. Yeah. Um, and it didn't do well at the box, you know, that well at the box yeah. office. But however, over the years, it's become a cult classic. Yeah. Uh, and I think the reason being is, I mean... Can you think of another dog movie that uh, involves a vicious dog? There's really not too many of them. No, I think... So this is like the staple. If you're going to watch a killer dog movie, this is the one to watch. Yeah. So it's held up over time. It's a horror movie.
1: If you want to watch a good horror movie, Uh, it is scary. It's it's tedious. And and this is the... I would say...
0: I I don't want to say the height of Stephen King, but as far as movies coming out, it seemed like that... That yeah, I mean it was it was like two months later after Cujo came out, Christine came out or something. Yeah, it was yeah. It's like it was like you know it was one Stephen after King another. Was putting, yeah, putting them out there and uh
1: yeah, because like back then I think it was a lot less dramatic to make a movie. You just made the movie and you cut it. They didn't have to add all this stuff they do now and have to do all these mm-hmm. things that they yeah, do where now. Editing for yeah, six editing months or for a year or whatever. <laughs> I had to do go CGI back. stuff. And yeah. Go Maybe the and, only thing they do is they put it together and they go back and have them do voiceovers if the mm-hmm. if the audio was too weak, but and then do some screenings. But it was it's you know, it's interesting and I mean that's pretty much it for Cujo. Um now I didn't like the casting. Yeah, we the casting we was, was. We didn't
0: like the wife either. No, Both she, of us neither one of us thought wait, she
1: was you hated her
0: wardrobe. <laughs> oh yeah, her clothing was I mean, I know it was it was the late seventies, early eighties supposed to be, but the clothing just seemed,
1: I don't know. it just. Yeah, I thought it looked fine. It looked classic 80s to me, but I hated her hair. Yeah, she was pretty in the face, and she had nice makeup, but I hated her hair, and you hated her clothes.
0: Yeah, I, well, she kind of reminded me of Mia Farrow in Rosemary's yeah. Baby. You know, uh, that was, she had that similar, similar look, though. They Mia just had, had the
1: pixie baby. cut. It wasn't, to me, there was no other similarities really? to me. Um. She, she, well, she
0: had that. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. She had that scared look, like she was already like like Cujo was already in her life before she ever met yeah. Cujo. She and, was already scared of Cujo before Cujo yeah. was. she. Rabid. That's that's a you good point I mean?
1: because the minute she saw the dog, she started like uh, yeah. looking all weird and obviously you know, she was guilty. The, it could
0: have been the guilt. Yeah, that's the what guilt I'm saying. She of was her already guilt. screwing the the ugly guy.
1: The mis- <laughs> seriously, that guy looked like. He looked like he should be um, instead of giving tennis lessons in poetry. He looks like he should be one of those guys that are like working in the mine, maybe. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, he kind of did. He looked. He just looked real hardy like a lumberjack. Plus, he was blonde, but not, but not hot lumberjack, like no. a real lumberjack. It was the ones weird, you don't
0: though. was blonde with the you know blonde beard too. That's yeah. not. That's a weird look. Too. Yeah, he just looked, blonde... He looked
1: like the brawny man, but ugly.
0: I don't think he was ugly. I just don't think he was – he he wasn't someone that she should have cheated. You know, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to have a fling. That's why I was thinking maybe the theory that he was an ex-boyfriend – you know, maybe she felt comfortable because he was an ex-boyfriend. and he, Yeah,
1: but that's not well, what happened. No,
0: that's what I'm saying. I didn't see it anywhere.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Somebody like, just makes up stuff. It's in Wiki. It's the Wiki I the know. It's, it's the Mandela Wiki. effect. Yeah, it's
0: like they must have seen her. They must have some, heard something. Maybe we missed some dialogue somewhere along the line.
1: Maybe. Like she
0: said, we're not I, in high school anymore or something. <laughs> maybe. But I didn't hear that. Maybe. Though we were talking through yeah,
1: time. Yeah, we talked the whole time because we could not handle how stupid a lot of some of some of the stuff you had to talk about. A lot about of it was the clothes stupid. and the and the way people looked. We did not like the casting.
0: Maybe. We should have, have gone
1: know. back in a time machine and let us do the casting. Well, again, I would casting, only kept the uh the little boy. My thing the with the casting was
0: it wasn't the casting was bad. It was that the casting director seemed like didn't read the book. Yeah. You you see what I'm saying? It's like, like she just read notes that said little boy with brown hair or something. And then she just
1: picked it. Yeah. But I think it's more political than that. I think that casting directors get calls from agents and oh favors. Like I'll let you have my guy. If you, if you put this new kid, that's really good. I think a little bit of that goes into it. And I'm sure it's also talent or something that maybe the director vetoes. Somebody Who knows? knows
0: somebody. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, it's always somebody knows somebody. Nobody ever gets discovered. Uh, we're not, you know, that's like a one in a billion story of someone getting truly discovered. Usually it's somebody knows somebody. But anyway, well, that wraps up Cujo. But before we uh, close this out, I just wanted to kind of do a little um, preview of things to come. We're going to do the Shining, and we're going to do the first dark tower, um, the gunslinger in that series. So I just want everybody to know that, if, that we're not going to forget that. Now the tower is very involved and very deep. So we're not going to do them one after another. We're going to mix them in as we go through. So just so you, everybody knows. Um, and if we, one day, if we get a huge catalog, we can group them off um, by, you know, like this, the tower series this is cast rock series. But at this point, we're just going to go through them because um, that's how I was able to read them. I can't just go through the Dark Tower series because they're heavy. There's a heaviness to them, and sometimes I find myself having to back away and do a different book. Or when I was getting overwhelmed by a heavy book that really bothered me, I'm trying to think. of There was a book that was really hard for me to finish when I was going through that. I would go back to the Dark Tower series. So I always kind of was reading two books at one time with the Dark Tower series. And um, I'm almost completely finished with it personally. But I stopped to wait on somebody to read it with me. So that's why um, I haven't read all of them yet. But I'm pretty deep into it. I'm almost towards the end. But I wanted everybody to know that there is going to be the Tower series. is going to be discussed this season. Um, we're going to have 13 episodes per season. And um, we're just going to go forward. So, um, that's it for today. You got anything else you want to add, Looch? That's all. All right. Say bye, Luch. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening.